1.5. Hey, this is the uh, this is Mike here in the Restoring the Faith studio, solo in studio today, but very happy to be joined by a priest of God, formerly known as Father Rigid. You heard Father Rigid uh, call in during the madness of the COVID-1984 uh, shutdown of the Catholic Church, but uh, actually his name is Father Nolan, and he's joining us via video today from an undisclosed location I want to bring him in. Father, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? Sure, I'm great. Thanks for having me My pleasure. My pleasure. I want to take this opportunity to uh, maybe just set the stage a little bit because this is, this is going to be a wide-ranging discussion that uh, covers a whole uh, mm-hmm. lot of uh, various things. Um, sure. we, the, the, it seems like the, the news is moving faster today than it ever has. Um, and, and, and most of the news, it feels like is bad news, you know, and, um, especially for, Mm -hmm. for Catholics, um, you know, we have, we have lots of, lots of things on our minds. So, uh, to set the stage, uh, for, for some attention getters, you being a former Marine officer, myself being a former Marine officer, every single time that there is a, a discussion or a lecture, you use an attention getter. Oh yeah. Yeah have to do that so right. i think the first thing that i will i'll start with here is a uh is an image of a of here we go we're going to cut to spain this is an image of a church burning down in spain medieval church and this is, you can hear the surprise and aghast of these people who are watching this it's shocking because it doesn't make the news here in Mexico, the feminists marching on churches radical Marxist trained uh, feminists. It's happening all over Latin America. It shows their Argentina And then most concerning, most concerning, I want to show the liturgy what it father it seems like with statues coming down the church is under attack churches in los angeles and florida being firebombed <clears throat> Um, mm-hmm. what are we, are we on the brink of something? And I, I this is an, this is an emerging trend. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, you know, um, gosh, Mike, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, for me, I, it started a few months ago and I, w- I was alarmed by the recent, uh, the trends and what, what alarmed me, I would say the most was actually not what was happening. Like the, um, like the burning churches or the riots, the protests, the violence in the streets. I mean, that was concerning, but that wasn't most concerning. Most concerning was actually the reaction of the media and and those in charge of positions of authority who either defended it, let it happen, or as has been increasingly, it's open, the media is deliberately misrepresenting uh, these incidents. Yeah. And so uh, at first, I was I was concerned that um, this was the beginning of a Marxist revolution in the United States. In fact, I remember the day uh, I, that it hit me that we, this is an insurgency. These are not protests. These are not riots. This is not another um, 
you know, just racial, you know, people angry, whatever. Uh, this was a coordinated attack. And, uh, you know, I went over to, um, uh, I got some parishioners together. We talked about it. Um, and, and that's when I thought, that's when I, I, I kind of, you know, realized that this was an insurgency mm-hmm. attack. And I thought, this is the beginning, this is the beginning of an attempted Marxist takeover of the U.S. government. Yeah. This is serious. Uh, and, then, and then I realized later, this is not the beginning of a Marxist takeover. This, this is the end. We're at the end of an attempt. This is the this is the one of the last stages of the takeover that has begun uh, in this country for a long time, and that is why Hollywood, the media, uh, the public schools, the educational mm-hmm. institutions, uh, the the um, the universities, they've already been taken over uh, by Marxism, cultural Marxism, and uh, and increasingly it's coming out. Even the Catholic Church, even the Catholic Church, uh, has been infiltrated by it. And a friend of mine I know from from Idaho. He uh, he sent me a link to a couple, two articles uh, in uh, it was the National Catholic Register, <laughs> and oh, gosh. it was yeah, not surprising, yeah. right? And here it, he sent it to me, and it was one of them was saying uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is the future that's of the right. Catholic Church, and it's not an alarmist. That's like no, this is good because she's talking about. Um, She's talking about the, the important things of feminism and the environment. Oh, the important things. That, yeah, and, and right, exactly. And it's like, you know, she's just a, a wonderful example. It's like, this is crazy. She's, she's the laughing stock of, of, of um, uh, in, intelligence or whatever it should be. Uh, the other one is an article from Pefeos, mm-hmm. um, and it is talking about how calling something culturally Marxist is uh, the argument this this article says that's a straw man because the marxists are about equality and the marxists are about um uh, freedom and, and that's good and we shouldn't just say oh that's marxist as if that's the end of it we should dialogue and understand there are good things about marxism just as the early you know christians and catholics recognize there are good things about pagan philosophy so the so the national catholic uh, so, register so this, is, this is coming out is a publication that's actually uh that has actually uses the word catholic in its name and the bishop, the local ordinary in Kansas City, uh, who had exercised—he's he's retired now, Bishop Finn, sp- specifically condemned their use of the name Catholic. According to canon law, you have to have your ordinary, uh, his permission, his written permission, in order to have a Catholic publication using the word Catholic. And in 2013, he withheld that privilege from the National Catholic Register. These are people that claim to be obedient to the Holy Mother Church, but they refuse to change their mm-hmm. name. They keep the name, and it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. if if CNN is fake news, then the NCR is fake Catholic news. Mm-hmm. And how many people still believe both? You know, almost the majority, you would say. Uh, it, it seems at least that's what they're, that's how they're presenting it. So, um, but that, that's it, is, is you're getting this infiltration, this attempted infiltration into all levels of society, and um, it, it, it is really grim uh, to, to see it actually started to yes. take place. Um, so that, that has been very concerning to me, and um, uh, very concerning. I mean, and I've had, I've had though, the, um, maybe you could say the, I don't want to say the benefit or whatever, but when I talk to people, um, from from my parish or other 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 men, and I will say, hey, do you want to get together and talk about this or come together and, and discuss? It? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I want to get together. We, we, mm-hmm. we want to do something. So so people, especially men, are just absolutely waiting for somebody, anybody, to do yes. something. Somebody in a position of leadership stand up and say, this is the direction we need to go. What's going on is wrong. This is what's happening. We cannot just continue to give platitudes 
about equality and justice and getting along. That's it. That's over. When you have people being murdered in the streets, and we have people being shot, co cops being executed in the back of the head at peaceful protests, and CNN tells you this is a peaceful protest, and they know what went on, and they intentionally edited the footage, we're yeah. under attack. This country is under attack. This government is under attack, and and people still don't want to. So Father Nolan makes a point here that we're not in the beginning stage of a Marxist revolution in America. We're in the we're in the final stage. I think the following video is going to underscore that point, uh, which is an insightful point. Watch and listen to the words of this Black Lives Matter protester, this leader in Portland, Oregon. What she says about the destruction of the United States. Hi everyone. As many of you know, my name is Lilith Sinclair. I'm an Afro-Indigenous non-binary local organizer here in Portland, organizing for the abolition of not just the militarized police state, but also the United States as we know. I want to make sure that while we are standing here on stolen land, we make sure to do a land acknowledgement. I mean, that, at, at the point, Father, would you say this is, a, this is a correct premise? When you can be in the open, you no longer have to be under the radar uh, working in the shadows. When you can mm -hmm. just openly say in front of God and country, television cameras and the world, what your stated goal is, the destruction and reorientation of America, that doesn't seem like it's in the early phases to me. I think your point is, is, is right. No, no, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's exactly it, is that they're out in the open, and this could be stopped. This could be stopped, and in fact, it, and this is very local, because um, even right here in my undisclosed location of Littleton, Colorado, right, just south of Denver, um, uh, we had every single year, for like 20 years, there's a local organization, a local group that does a police um, appreciation day. And every single year they've done this for, like I said, 15, 20 years, every single year. It's been on the calendar. It's been planned. And this year was no exception. They knew that they were going to be targeted. They knew they were going to be subject to harassment. So they called the local police. You know, can we get security? We're going to need it. And so the police did show up. Uh, but uh, and, and uh, the group showed, and I, I can't remember to call the numbers. It wasn't a lot. It was maybe a few hundred. Uh, but then a, another group of the Antifa, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they, they kill the cops or whatever, they showed up as well of about equal or maybe even a greater number, they showed up to counter-protest. And they were, again, dressed in black tacticals. Some had uh, um, weapons like a baseball bat or a metal pipe. And they were getting ugly. They were getting really ugly. And as the um, uh, the pro-police crowd, they were on their, you know, their bandstand, they were doing their thing, they were talking about how they support the police, um, the police providing protection were ordered to withdraw and, and leave the scene. Uh, and one of the lieutenants there, the lieutenant there said, if we do that, people are going to die. I'm not leaving. So he wouldn't leave. And then oh uh, Antifa attacked the demonstration. And they pulled It wasn't like this was like a fringe, you know, on the edge um, uh, skirmish. They went up to the bands, the grandstand, where they were giving their talk, pulled them off, and started physically harassing them. And the police were told to do nothing. And, this, and the police I mean, did nothing. It, and this, this, is, this is by the it, police the, chief. The, you look at the police chief in Portland, Oregon, the police chief in Seattle, Washington. These people should be sued. I mean, if I lived in one of those two locations, I would, I would, I would be suing these these people for gross negligence. 
Yeah, it's it's really sad. And and what concerns me too is it and I I've just found out about this. Like this happened when I was I was away on assignment. I come back mm-hmm. and here's this headline. I'm like, well, hasn't our local community are we are we are we outraged about this? Are we gonna do a demonst- a demonstration? Are we gonna call for his resignation? And so far I've I've heard nothing. The the lack of action at the local level is really concerning. And I think that's that's in a lot of places. Just everybody thinks it's somebody above it's not it's not our that shouldn't be our responsibility. We shouldn't have to do that. Uh, the fact is uh, the our leaders are failing. Even the people of goodwill, they're so terrified of being called a racist. They're so terrified of standing up to these bullies. And nobody knows how to do it. Nobody wants to do it. And everybody feels isolated. It's just it's it's a very, very concerning situation. I, um, react to react to this premise. I've, I've been saying this premise now for about a month or, or two months uh, as 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 you and I both have been ingesting um, this extraordinary uh, turn of events in the, in in the union. I think that to implement communism, you have to have three things. The first thing you have to have is divorcing the people from their historical roots. And when they're divorced from their mm-hmm. roots, when you can topple their statues, erase their history, and even make them mm-hmm. ashamed of themselves, that's step one. Step two is to, uh, to incite class warfare. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be economic classes, but as long as you have racial, racial strife, i.e. George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, etc., you have that. The third step, Father, and I'll give you a minute to think about it while I play this next video, is abject poverty. If you can create an economic cataclysm, and that is combined with the divorcing of roots, the erasing of history, um, you know, f- feeling guilty about a people's history, and then creating conflict— Look at what is happening in Manhattan right now. Trump, this is they, not being they reported. Mess. They had the Secret Service here. Man's driving through Manhattan. Look at this. Armani. I used to look there. I used to work there. Every single show. thing is boarded up. Look at everything. Everything's boarded. Even the hotel is boarded up. Businesses are closed. This guy's commentary this is great. It's a great, thick, rock accent. Love it. Have you ever seen Manhattan look like this? The media will not report this. Look at Coach. Look at Manhattan. I'm just driving. I mean, block after block after block. I don't even know what time of day he's driving. You don't drive the streets of Midtown Manhattan like that. At any rate of March. This guy's just cruising through. People have been told to stay home. Everything boarded up. Zara, boarded up. Bring you back in, Father. Um... What is uh, I, I? You have the three components now, right? In my in my assessment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it very much is following. For those who know history, uh, this is very consistent with the Marxist stages of of a takeover and a revolution, and and what you describe the e- economy, the class warfare, and so on. Uh, but you know that is all predicated upon a of a, 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 um. An earlier foundation, which is a, a, a lack of morality, it is a corruption of morals, and in fact, but before before you can destroy a country, you corrupt a country. Then you can destroy it, and that's what we've seen is when when the leaders are corrupt and they do not care about morality or justice or, or true justice, it's used in name only, and then when the people themselves have been conditioned to accept pleasure, uh, ease, luxury, comfort. They're, they become addicted to it, and they become incapable of resisting when it starts to be curtailed. When it starts to be um, uh, removed, they don't fight. What they do is they start to just beg for, well, at least if I can have this, if I can just have this. They get used to less and less 
uh, because that's easier than fighting back. Uh, and that just goes right along with the corruption. And we lost. We lost the cultural war mm -hmm. in the 60s uh, with, with the sexual mm -hmm. revolution and the disasters that happened in the wake of, of Vatican II. We lost the cultural revolution. We stopped fighting, and, and America slid into uh, what we see today. It's, it's a result of a corrupted culture, and that's a true problem. It's, it sounds like uh, it would be easy to despair given that set of circumstances. We lost the culture already. We are a morally bankrupt country. I, I would argue even earlier than that, that the, the day that we dropped the bomb in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, that's the day that all morality was set aside. There, there were no barriers to anything that we were willing to do to preserve our Puritan empire. Um, but uh, but if, if <laughs> what, what's the proper Catholic reaction to, uh, well, to the, the Marxist takeover of one's nation? Um, there's a, well, there's a, a, quite a few angles you could take with that, um, but I'm just remembering before uh, I go any further, I would like to state that um, uh, this is going to be like a disclaimer, actually. Uh, so, so many people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Father Nolan, Fraternity of St. Peter, uh, but I would like to state that um, th these are my personal views. Right. People shouldn't take this as being the view of the fraternity. Some people are like, oh, I recognize it's a fraternity priest. This is not mm -hmm. the view of the fraternity. The fraternity does not um, you know, endorse the views of individual priests. Uh, th this is just what I've observed. I, I don't know what other priests out there have observed. So this is just my personal mm -hmm. look at things. Uh, so I don't want anybody to take this as an official or even an expert um, commentary. I'm not an expert. I I've just been reading headlines, and a lot of people send me stuff and send me news, and I, I try to do the best that I can. So uh, with, with that um, disclaimer, we could say, it seems to me um, th that, that what to do is, uh, well, obviously it's, it's going to be mm -hmm. prayer and fasting, right? The, the, the knowledge that, that uh, Christ is king, and he does have a plan, and he is in control, and, and that, um, you know, we think about uh, Abraham and Lot. If there are ten good men in the city, God will not destroy the city. And when you hear about the evils, the, just the awful, utterly awful evils that have been happening in the church, the sexual abuse scandals in the world, and any, any horrible sex abuse scandal that happened in the church, I mean, the worst you can imagine it is 10 times worse in, out there in the world. Whatever happened in the church, 10 times, 100 times worse out, outside the church. Sure. Uh, but, it, you know, Satan's behind it all. Why has God not destroyed the world? Why has God not uh, destroyed us all? Because I agree there were 10 good men, at least, right? There are many people praying the rosary, many people going to mass, many people begging God for mercy. And uh, th that, I think, has staved off the wrath of God. But now, and I know others have said this as well, it's, it's no surprise mm -hmm. that after Mass was canceled mm -hmm. for months and the, the divine wrath was not appeased uh, and, and placation was not made to the Almighty, that now we are seeing all hell break loose in the world. I think very clearly you can see it is the Mass that disarms divine vengeance. It is that public worship given to God. And when that ceases, the world burns. The world falls apart. And so this, we're absolutely yeah. seeing it. So, so that I think that shows very clearly that the answer is prayer and sacrifice offered to God, a devout attendance at Mass, devout recitation mm -hmm. of the Rosary. Uh, but there's only so much the individual can do, right? We are in this together, and there was only ever one man who could save the world. That was Jesus Christ. And no individuals think, I have to, you know, I can save the world my part. 
nobody's um, um, indispensable, but everybody, we have to do our little bit. The little bit that we can do, that's what we have to do. So it absolutely starts with prayer. It starts with the belief in the power of the Mass, the power of the Rosary, and, and, and then the power of good example. I shouldn't be concerned with how can I stop the world from falling apart. Maybe I can't. But what I can do is I can be I can be a good priest. I can be a good family man. I can be a good mother or father or or, or um, you know worker or friend, whatever it may be. I'm going to do that to the best I can, and and start really working on virtue, discipline, honesty, integrity, maturity, self-sacrifice. Uh, that is what uh, gives a person anybody. You can say that that gives God the ability to infuse them with knowledge. This is what you need to do. Right? We can listen, we can hear the promptings of the Holy Ghost because we're not distracted by our cell phones, by our selfishness, by our pride, whatever it is. We can hear, this is what God wants you to do. Uh, but if we're not praying, if we're not disposing ourselves by prayer, we're mm -hmm. not going to know what to do. We have to, spend, we have to spend time in prayer. I say, um, I, I gave a sermon this last um, weekend on the minimum pr of prayer everybody should be doing. It's an hour a day. Everybody should be spending an hour a day to have a mature spiritual life. And, and I, 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 the analogy I use is prayer is to our soul, but food is to our body. And there are food groups of prayer, right? Like there's got to be a balanced diet of prayer. And it's, it's the rosary, meditation, spiritual reading, and then daily devotions. Everybody needs those four things. Pray 15 minutes of the daily rosary, 15 minutes of spiritual reading, 15 minutes in mental prayer, contemplation, and then 15 minutes on your other prayers. Morning prayers, night prayers, Angelus mm -hmm. three times a day, um, you know, various aspirations throughout the day. That is absolutely bar none what we have to do in order to even start changing things in the world once that once that base of prayer is established now we'll be able to hear and receive from god move in this direction that's a lot that's a lot to take in um i i just want to quickly point out something that you said and i will not ask you to respond to it father because uh that would be unfair but um, it, my, my subjective observation, first of all, you, you, uh, you said that the mass, the, the purpose of the mass, and this is, this is going to surprise some people who are watching this. The purpose of the mass is not us. The purpose of the mass is to render pleasing sacrifice to God. Uh, what I've noticed, uh, during coronavirus is that by the, by a long shot, the Novus Ordo establishment has been demolished. It's been shut down and it still continues to be shut down. So the only sacrifice of the mass uh, pleasing uh, prayer and reparation of God is uh, is mm. the old mass that you are committed to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I want to move uh, into into coronavirus um, a little bit. Oh well, I mean, uh, on that note, I mean, I know a lot of a lot of um, Novus Ordo parishes. Uh, most of them are, I mean, are, are in our area. M most of them are open. There's only a few that have stayed, a few, very few have stayed closed and are not offering Mass at all. But by and large, most of them are, they're doing daily Mass, they're doing Sunday Mass. So, um, but I do know that attendance is very, yeah. very down. Yeah. You know, much less. So uh, the sacrifice is happening. It's not as, as um, often, perhaps, and not as many people, but um, I know here, at least, it's, it's still, it's, 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 it's active. So. Father, uh, the coronavirus... <laughs> people are people. I, I, I've I've tried to coin a term, and 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 uh, we'll see if it if it actually sticks. It's fascism. Fascism is is related to fascism. <laughs> it's it's like it in one way, and it's unlike it in the other. It's yeah. like fascism insofar as the elites are exempt from all the rules, 
We saw that in, uh, for mm -hmm. example, the mayor of Kansas City, who's imposed a mask rule uh, really early on with stiff fines and, and misdemeanor penalties for not mm -hmm. wearing it. Mm -hmm. He was then seen, you know, partying with nine or ten people in close proximity down at the Lake of the Ozarks that very same weekend. Nobody was wearing a mask. Uh, Dr. Fauci very famously wants everybody to wear the mask. I think he wants them to wear it forever now, but he doesn't <coughs> wear the mask, and he's in, he's in close proximity with people in in uh, in, in baseball mm -hmm. stadiums. So sure. that's how it's like fascism. How fascism is unlike fascism is that it doesn't use it doesn't rely on brute governmental force. Yet it relies on fear. Um, I want to sh show one video just to set the stage. These are, these are two people that are sitting outside in a dog park in San Diego. They're in a dog park having a picnic, and they are. Uh, and here's a language warning for everybody: they were maced in the face by a woman for not wearing a mask. Look at this. She is spraying mace into this couple's face for committing the great sin. What are you sin. doing? You cannot be serious. You just. Against you just maced him? Autism. You just maced um, him? Are we, are we going too far, Father? No, actually, I think, I think that's a great term, uh, uh, Fauchism. And I would say that he's ruling, uh, he wants to rule the country, uh, I've said this before, uh, as a phobiocracy. It's rule by fear. Uh, you, you get the citizens to obey because they are afraid not to. So there's, there's another, like another term you can use and, and, and coin there. Uh, but absolutely. And, and in fact, actually, it was Dr. Edward Fazer who wrote an excellent, uh, just a superb article on the face masks and, and the hypocrisy of the rioters, how you know, everybody's up face masks and the, and the spread of the virus until it came time for rioting. And then governors are like, well, you're limited to 10 here, 20 here, at the most 50 here. Oh, but you can have 250 at a protest. Right. Like what happened to concern? What happened to saving lives? What happened to concern for people? Um, uh, uh, Dr. Fazer's point was, um, are, are these liberal governors, is the liberal media, are they concerned about everybody else's health except for protesters, except for their own liberal people? Do they just not care about them? It's like, well, they can get infected, but you all need right. to be safe. He's like, no, what this, what this shows you is the liberal media, all these people talking about safety, don't actually believe the virus is harmful. They don't actually believe, because if they did, they wouldn't allow their friends to go out there and be spreading it amongst themselves and risking death. They don't think it's harmful. They don't think it's dangerous. And that's why it, it's absolutely about control. It's about keeping other people mm -hmm. in a state of fear. Meanwhile, they're not afraid <laughs> and, at all. And uh, people, people really hate hypocrisy. They really have an allergic, a visceral allergic reaction to hypocrisy. And that's a huge one. I want to unveil the, um, <laughs> the idol of this new pagan phobiocratic religion. And that's this statue here being unveiled in Latvia. This is a statue. This is this is emblematic of the new world religion. It's a woman. Is that is that Hillary? That looks like Hillary. I, I thought maybe it was a statue of Karen, but somebody pointed out it looks a lot like Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> both are equally scary and potentially equally deadly. Um, I think. I mean, this is this is this is sick. This is sick that these people are putting this. This healthcare worker wearing the mask, that, that's the only statue going up. Meanwhile, statues of Christopher Columbus are coming down. Even statues of Ulysses S. Grant and Abe Lincoln are coming down. It's, 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 um, it's appalling. Um, I want to also get your reaction too, Father, because I know that as we've gone through this pandemic, plandemic, scamdemic, whatever you want to call it, I prefer the latter, mm -hmm. um, 
it you know, there were periods of time where it appeared that the virus was very deadly, very scary. Everyone went through the phase of wondering, wondering, wondering. Now we're at a point where mm-hmm. medical doctors who dissent from the public orthodoxy are censured. They can lose their license. Their mm-hmm. videos are pulled down from YouTube. The fact that I'm about to play this video probably means that this video will end up in the end getting pulled down from YouTube and Father Rigid's uh-huh. identity will be preserved. But um, th- this is Dr. Uh, Stella Emanuel. You know, here she is. And it's small. It doesn't work. They're actually taking you the prophylaxis. I know. I have put a lot of them on it. They are taking prophylaxis. They and their families are protected. And they're busy telling Americans, well, we can't prescribe it because, you know, I'm scared. And she's calling license. everyone out. But you know what? This is the even good part. You see, uh, what's his name? That dude on CNN that got sick. She's saying, I know you're all taking it. You're all taking the hydroxy. The, you know, the crazy one. That dude, I knew he took hydroxychloroquine. Do you know why? I know many of you who are doing it. This goes back to Fauchism. Hydroxychloroquine, or one of them, probably the bad version. These people are taking hydroxychloroquine. This goes back to, Father, this goes back to uh, the idea (laughs) that the elites can take hydroxychloroquine as a a preventative measure, right? Um, And so Mm -hmm. they're immune from the virus, but they're going to withhold that from everybody else. Uh, yeah, that, that's their idea of, of um, society. Uh, everything's about class and about oppressor and oppressed. And the ones who are fostering this are the oppressors themselves. They believe that they are um, superior to people who are not in their position, intellectually, morally, in every single way. Their job is to govern and control uh, the rest of humanity, which is not capable of governing itself properly um, as kind of this self-appointed um, a role as as uh, basically God. They're they're taking the place of God. They know best. They know everything, uh, and everybody else just they're too stupid to know what's what's best for them. And that comes out in these mask orders. You are too stupid to take care of your own health. Therefore, right. we'll have to do it for right. you. Right. One of the things you said when uh, is in part of your brilliant answer to how we should respond uh, to as as Catholics to the Marxist takeover of our country. One of the things you said is we cannot stop it. Okay, we're just we're just we're just humans, and many of us are weak and frail and, and individuals. Um, mm-hmm. That reminded me of this bomb in Beirut, which I'm going to show you. If you, uh, it, it, this this just illustrates how weak and feeble just one person is. Here's here's this bomb, mm-hmm. and the people who are watching this. I mean, that's a mushroom cloud. Uh, the people who are watching this, you're going to see here in about a second are kind of knocked off their feet by the blast radius. Um, this just happened in Beirut. I know you, when you were active duty in the Marine Corps, Father, you served in the mm-hmm. Middle East. Um, that's, that's right, yeah. And I've, I've been there as well. I, I just, I look at this, Father, and I just think, you know, first of all, they said that it was fireworks. Um, you said they think that we're stupid and that we can't um, that we can't govern ourselves. They do think we're stupid. They call that fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean those, especially when you're lo- looking at one of them. You see footage from very very far away, and you see, oh yeah, those look like firecrackers. Those are not firecrackers. Like those are powerful. Like that, that, that that's that's super powerful stuff. Like it looks like you know rounds getting getting uh, um uh, you know go- going off igniting. Uh, like 20 millimeter rounds, uh, you know, to get that large of an, of an explosion, that large of a crack from that far away. Uh, but I, um, 
you know, being a priest, you end up, a lot of people come to you, and I do know some people uh, in the parish and elsewhere um, that uh, they, get, they get feeds, right? And they, 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 they have access to information. They say that um, it was not fireworks and it's not a fertilizer plant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's, that's as much as I would feel comfortable repeating <laughs> sure. there. But sure. um, I, I, I understand that. Um, I want to, I guess finally, I want to kind of pick your brain on, on the competing philosophies that we're seeing within the church um, with regards to all of this, and, and in particular COVID-1984, um, and that's the philosophy of supernatural grace on the one hand, um, and then on the other hand, you have the philosophy of naturalism. And it seems to me, and I've said it many times on this YouTube channel, and somehow I have, I'm still am, um, around, that the that many of the bishops, I won't say how many, I personally think it's a lot, are uh, suffer from naturalism. They believe that they are the shepherds to your body, but not the shepherds to your soul. They're more concerned about a virus harming your body than they are about sin harming your soul. Um, I wonder mm. if you can just maybe unpack that statement and, and comment on it. Um, well, there, again, there are so many ways you could go with this, but I spent some time thinking about that as well, especially with the um, just, I don't want to say eagerness, but the just with no restraints. As soon as it, it became, um, you know, just the suggestion that, oh, gathering in large uh, um, congregations might be, might be harmful, bishops were like, you know, tripping over themselves to cancel masses. And what I saw was exhortations to be safe, uh, be healthy, be considerate uh, for your neighbor, don't spread the disease, wash your hands. All of this advice given about how to be physically safe, which everybody was getting everywhere. Mm -hmm. They were hearing that mm -hmm. all over the place. But who was telling people, this is how to keep the third commandment. This is how to keep the Lord's day holy, even though you can't come to Mass. Say these prayers, do these things, take care of your soul. You, you can't come to Mass and take care of your soul, so do this. You can't worship God at Mass, which is the, which is the uh, most pleasing sacrifice to Him, so instead do these things to be pleasing to God. Uh, you know, I, know, I didn't see bishops talking about how they, they didn't want to do it, about the grave harm of canceling Mass, about how this is the last resort, about how we needed to pray and beg God for His mercy because now we could I didn't see any of that. All I saw was a bunch of stuff. I could have gotten that from a doctor or a health expert yeah. or a politician or somebody yeah. from CNN. It was, it was so disheartening. And, and then I kind of wondered, you know, this is completely consistent with um, the church's position that uh, actually, I think it was Christopher Ferrara uh, coined this term. He called them uh, doctrinoids. Uh, there's church doctrine, and then there are doctrinoids, which everybody accepts as doctrine. And the new doctrinoid is everybody goes to heaven. All you have to do is be a basically good person mm -hmm. and you go to heaven. If you're going to mass and you're going to church and you want to be saved, you're going to be saved. And so for the, for the, for, you know, the, the attitude, the default um, or, or the, the, the effect of that is you're not worried about people's souls because they're going to go to heaven anyways. So we're canceling mass. What are you worried about? You're going to be fine. It's not your fault. You can't go to mass. We cancel the obligation because you're going to go to heaven yeah. anyway. If hell exists and, you know, oh, I think it's empty, I'm not concerned about anything anybody does. If hell's empty, there are plenty of worse people in the world than me. I have nothing to worry about, and therefore you don't have anything to worry about either. So I'm not thinking about your right. salvation right. at all. In, in which case, the church becomes 
a, a, a kind of a place of spiritual therapy. You go to church because it makes you feel good on your way to heaven. And that's why people that's don't talk about hell, because hell upsets people. Hell upsets people, and sin upsets people, and mortal sin upsets people, and confession upsets people. And that's not our goal. Our goal is to make you feel good about yourself on your way to heaven. That, that is the, the, the default. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's an oversimplification. Wow. Uh, but that, that's an effect of the idea that if hell exists, I think it's empty. That's and, the effect and, it has. And on. Have, focusing on people's emotions and self-esteem and, and making them feel good about themselves on their way to the afterlife, to me that sounds a lot like Protestantism. Yeah, once saved, that's always it. saved. You make your you make your profession your profession uh, a faith one time, and that's it. Um, I, I, <laughs> and you know, uh, sorry, it's not even that because all you have to do is be a basic <laughs> right. good person. Because if 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 hell is empty, Muslims go there, mm-hmm. Jews go there, pagans go there, Satanists go there. Well, according to Dignitatis Humanae from the Second Vatican Council, Muslims and Buddhists and, and Hindus definitely go to heaven, and, then, and, and many of them are more spiritually enlightened than any of the great fathers and doctors of the Catholic Church. So, uh, now, I, I have a whole sermon, actually. I, I, well, I think it's pretty good, but I have a whole sermon on baptism of desire. What does that mean? So it is possible, but here's the point. Only Catholics are in heaven. Now, somebody could have been a Muslim or a Jew or a pagan up to the point of death, but upon death, if they go to heaven, it's because they have rejected the errors of Islam, Judaism, or paganism. They've accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. They've, they've accepted baptism of desire. They've done a perfect act of contrition. They accept the magisterium of the church. Uh, they repudiate all errors contrary to, the, to the, um, uh, the teaching office of the church, and so on and so forth. Anybody who gets to heaven is Catholic. It's, it's Catholic heaven, and that's it. You have to be Catholic to get in. Now, how, how long it takes for you to become Catholic, there's a famous story, or not a famous story, but a story about um, Father Herman and the Curie of Ars, about his mother, who was a Jew, and she, was, she hated, her son became a Carthusian monk, and she hated the church, she kicked a priest out on her deathbed, and he prayed masses, so many rosaries, masses for her soul, she died without baptism, without anything, and later on it was revealed that she, his prayers had wow. gotten her to heaven, Baptism, desire, perfect, everything. So, so it is possible. I, I want to make that clear, but that is not said. It's not said that you have to be Catholic to get to heaven. It it's, it's, makes it seem like, who, you know, you can believe anything you want and then go to some kind of who knows what mm-hmm. afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely false. And, and just, to, just to circle back a little bit on the point you made uh, about, you know, we, we were, we were receiving, uh, receiving epidemiological reports from our bishops, but we were not being told how to make spiritual communions, how to sanctify the Sabbath, how to pray the Mass at home, how to set aside the time, uh, and, that, and that the First Commandments uh, actually still did apply to us, even though we couldn't attend Mass. Um, to me personally, Father, and um, and and I know that this is this is a little bit of a of a um, of a odd thing to say, uh, because so many people were live streaming masses and encouraging people to live stream masses. But to me, it it, mm-hmm. it, it didn't settle well the thought of kneeling in front of your electronic device while you're in your living room and watching watching mass and and participating mm-hmm. in a in a surreal mm-hmm. or a non reality. Um, it didn't yeah, just yeah. to me that just didn't square with the philosophy of realism or or Thomistic uh, realism mm-hmm. at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So so um, watching mass on television or live stream does not count. You have not attended mass. Um, now now the desire is there. What you do is um, you unite your attention. You can't be there. Um, 
you know, through no fault of your own, that's fine. And, and with all the bishops, universally, the, the obligation is lifted. You don't have mm -hmm. to go to Mass anyway. Um, you know, and now, important distinction, the obligation to attend Mass on Sundays is lifted. But no bishop can absolve you of the third commandment, which is to keep holy the Lord's Day. You still have to do something on Sunday to keep it holy. A, a re refrain from work and, and do some kind of prayers. That is absolutely necessary to fulfill that commandment of God. And, and I haven't heard that mm -hmm. clarified either. You don't have to go to Mass, but you do have to keep the Sabbath holy. Um, but uh, So it's just like the same thing. You cannot, like right now, you can't go to confession to me, right? We, you, I could hear you. You could hear me. I could, you could tell me everything. I could give you advice, but I could not give you absolution. I could say the words. I could move my hand, but you don't get absolution because there is no moral uh -huh. proximity, and that's a term. Uh, and that's that when you watch Mass on television, there's no moral proximity. You're not present. You're not there. A person attends Mass if they, um, say a person goes to, to um, those parking lot Masses where people watch it on their, on their screen and they were in the parking lot, that counts. There's moral proximity. But if you drove 20 miles back home, sat in your car and watched it on your, it doesn't count. You have to be there in the location. Um, so really, I mean, watching Mass on television, kneeling down in front of the TV, okay, if it helps you pay better attention, then it's a good thing. But a family with just as good effect could put up, uh, you know, a, a, a picture of the Sacred and Immaculate Heart, kneel in front of it, you know, do the Mass from their missile, and, and they would have the same spiritual benefit. Watching the Mass, it doesn't give you any extra graces apart from just the mm -hmm. desire to be there. You could get it from, from, from mm -hmm. doing anything. And w w your thoughts, I guess, on uh, whether or not people will be returning um, <laughs> returning to Mass. I mean, it w once it becomes licit to just sit at home and, and you're in your underwear and you, know, mm -hmm. you, you, can, you can leave Mass early <laughs> by just flipping the channel. I mean, who's going to go back? Uh, that's been the um, uh, account of much speculation, and we're already seeing it. I mean, many dioceses are reporting uh, losses of up to 90% in, in, in donations and collections. And so I think it's going to be a self-correcting problem because at the end of this, the only people still going to Mass are the ones who really want to be there. And it's overwhelmingly, uh, of that percentage, it's overwhelmingly Correct. conservative. Um, not necessarily traditional, but definitely conservative. And, you know, those people who really are willing to fight for the faith. And I think uh, Pope Benedict was right when he said that in the future, it's going to be a much smaller church uh, that than, was than today. That was prophetic of him. I mean, how did he foresee all this? Yeah. And it's, co you know, common sense. When you get to a certain level, you just see you see the trend. <laughs> I suppose. Um, any parting thoughts on anything else in the news uh, these days, Father? Uh, the, the, this, this illness for Pope Benedict, which we should all be praying for him, um, or anything else? Well, you know, I, I would. There's actually one thing I would like to say, and maybe maybe draw a parallel between uh, the hierarchy of the church and the hierarchy of Marxism and the uh, the um, phobiocracy, the Fauchism that we're seeing, and that is um, something I noticed in church doctrine, uh, and and I would say this is regarding the um, the coronavirus because you know it's it's in dispute. I would say it's there's 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 arguments on both sides as to why it's dangerous, why it isn't. I'm much more on the it's not dangerous side at a large scale. But in the church, uh, we are required to give a pious assent of the mind and the will to the Holy Father. When the Holy Father writes an encyclical or a letter, whatever it is, theology, morality, opinion, we are to give our pious assent of the mind and the will. Okay, the Holy Father said it, we should consider it. Until and unless 
that document has been reviewed by competent experts in the field, bishops, members of the hierarchy, uh, law, canon law degrees. If they review the Pope's document and conclude there is positive uh, room for, for positive error, actual doubt that there might be an error in the Pope's document, the faithful are relieved of the requirement to give a pious assent of the mind and the will. Experts are disagreeing mm -hmm. with the Holy Father. Mm -hmm. That's their job. Uh, we, don't, we don't have to agree with it. The, the faithful are relieved of that burden. Um, and so they're free to ignore it or not. They don't have to take it. What we're seeing in, in the secular world with this, this phobiocracy, you are not free to disagree even on the basis of competent experts. If a, a large body of experts, of health experts, to disagree and say this virus is not dangerous, we don't think masks are effective, this is not helping, and in fact in some reports this is actually wearing a mask makes people more susceptible to the virus, uh, not only are we not relieved of our pious ascent of the mind and the will, they are censored, they are silenced, and, and the pressure is turned up even more on us to conform to what is increasingly becoming a minority uh, element that tells us it's dangerous. So th there's the difference between the church and society. It's not about fairness, it's not about equality, it's not about justice, it is about uh, absolute obedience and blind trust. That's what they want. Wow. That is an incredibly uh, acute observation, Father, and and it is so true. My mind couldn't help but think when you when you were making the the initial comparison to the church and and uh, to, I was thinking about the dubia and the cardinals and bishops that signed the dubia and 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 you know that 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 mm -hmm. calls certain things into question for us uh, for us faith, faithful, but there is no room for dissent uh, against liberal orthodoxy. Absolutely, I mean, these not, people yeah. are, and and and. I think it's important. I think this is where civil disobedience comes in. We are absolutely within our rights to, uh, I, I don't wear a mask anywhere I go. And I'm willing to, if, if, if I'm requested, you need to put on your mask, I'm going to reply, well, I'm exempt, right? And I don't have to disclose my medical information to you. I don't have right. to disclose to you why I have a medical exemption. Uh, if they push the issue, uh, I'll say, look, you're free to call the authorities, but I will not wear a mask. And, and like there was a... Um, uh, um, there have been cases of that, of people who are disobeying, and the cops come, and they go. They go with the police. They yeah. go right along with it. And, I mean, I don't know if I would actually take it that far. I mean, the, fir the first offense, you get fined. You get, like, a $15 mm -hmm. ticket. You know, I'm willing to pay $15 to exercise my fundamental freedoms because now it's easy. Now it's not wearing a mask, and it's $15. In the future, it's going to be a vaccine with That's who right. knows what's in there, and it's going to be jail time or censure, or taking you away from your kids, or taking your kids away from you. That's what's coming next. If you don't stand up now and say, I'm not going to wear a mask, I'm not going to submit to this, this fear and this control, you will lose everything. This is our last chance to stand up and, 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 wow. and resist. That is my personal opinion. That is not the position no, not. of the church, the fraternity, <laughs> or my parish. That's, that's Father Dan Nolan. And, and I, I encourage everybody, be bold, stand up. It's uncomfortable, but if you really don't want to wear a mask, don't wear it. Make them ask you, be polite. Great advice, Father. Uh, insightful, as always. It's a, it's a huge honor to have you on the channel. I would love to make this a more regular thing. Thank you for taking the time. A um, lot of positive remarks out there on YouTube. Uh, everyone's grateful for, for your time, and, uh, and, and I, couldn't, I, I, I just express a, an incredible amount of gratitude to you. Sure thing. You bet. Thank you. I got a busy day ahead right, of me, so, so I got to get going. God bless you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. All right. The stream is over. <laughs>